Driving on a train, plane, boat. You might be chilling on a beach. Who knows? You might be making dinner for yourself, for the kids maybe, or working hard at the gym. Welcome and thank you very much for your company. My guest today is someone who is guaranteed to make you sleep. Now, before you turn off the podcast thinking, I am now about to interview the world's most boring guest. It's not what you think. Not only is he guaranteed to make you sleep, but he can also make you rich, smarter, happy, more confident and thin. Yes, indeedy. If I said to you, look into my eyes, you will know I can only be talking of course about one man he's an international best-selling author keynote speaker tv broadcaster he's been described as not only the number one hypnotist in the world but also the world's funniest hypnotist no pressure there then it is of course the one the only everybody. thank you thank you welcome to the podcast really appreciate you uh coming on and also welcome to juicy oasis what's your first impressions i have to tell you i absolutely love it i'll be coming back first of all it's a beautiful resort it's luxurious here great energy beautiful place your dynamic energy makes it so much fun i'm I'm already i'm recommending it to people we're talking about energy paul and i said to myself yes i thought you know what paul's here but i I guess there's no way he's going to join in on the on on the activities. No, way he's going to get involved but on the trampoline. You're singing along. Yeah. You're getting involved. That's my kind of workout. Uh, you know, the one where you just run endlessly on a track is boring. You feel better at the end of it. But I love the fact that you put on really great tunes. Everyone's bouncing up and down. One of the greatest forms of exercise is a trampoline. You know, you inspire everyone. You're being funny. You're you know you're encouraging, and just the general atmosphere is infectious. You can't help but feel good. Where did this all begin? I want to get involved in this because a lot of people don't know, and some people falsely know you as a stage hypnotist. Millions and millions and millions of books translate into 32 different languages. You've had shows all around the world, but of course, it started off in radio. I mean, you was, I mean, I think you're even friends with uh, Philip Green now or whatever. I don't know, you know him, I think. Um, but to think that you started in his store, in Topshop. Yes, I was DJ in Topshop when I was about 16. And then I went and worked on Radio Caroline. Uh, the on the orig- ship? On the boat, the rocks. On the, on the, yeah. really? I was 20 years old. It was one of the best real life adventures I ever had. And then I worked in local commercial radio. Um, I worked um, at Capital Radio and at Radio One. Well, briefly. that's where I heard you first. Is Ray- Capital Radio is where I knew you from, essentially. That was back in the day with Chris Tarrant, yeah, who, who really owned the place. And I knew you from there. And then all of a sudden, he's on television doing hypnosis. I was interested in yoga and meditation when I was working in local radio and I went to interview the local hypnotist and I'd had a bad day. I'd broken up with my girlfriend, I'd round my boss, the people in the apartment where I was living were keeping me up. And I went to see this guy and he said, look, rather than um, you, you interview me, I think I should do it to you because you look rather stressed out. I said, knock yourself out. I sat back, closed my eyes. Half an hour later, I felt brilliant. I felt calm, I felt peaceful, I could think clearly. The burdens had lifted off my shoulders, I felt bliss. And I said, this is good. Have you got any books on this? And he lent me a book by Richard Bandler. Because for those that don't know, Richard Bandler essentially is the the, the god, the guru of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program. Yeah, he's the co-creator of NLP and he's widely regarded as the greatest hypnotist in the world. Uh, he was, and my teacher, he was Tony Robbins' teacher. Uh, you know, he's, he's really... Uh, fantastic uh, uh, mind. He's a proper real-life genius. Anyway, uh, I read this book and I start hypnotising my friends to to lose weight, to quit smoking. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then I'm at a party and I'm talking about it and someone says, oh, you won't be able to hypnotise me. And bingo, they're under and we've got them jumping up and down uh, like a ballerina or shouting out, I believe in fairies or something. And we're all <laughs> falling about laughing. So I'm doing radio by day, hypnotism by night. 
And I thought, where will I be in five years if I continue down the road I'm going? And I thought, I'll be older, I'll be balder, I'll be more paranoid. Hang on. And I asked myself that question that all the motivational speakers use, which is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? So suddenly I thought... I'd be a hypnotist, I'd be on TV, I'd be playing big venues around the world, I'd work with all kinds of really exciting people, I'd make self-improvement cassettes as it was at the time. And I thought, hang on, Capital Radio owns a theatre. I make promos that say, see Pink Floyd in concert with 95.8. You know, I'm back there, I'm right. back yeah, already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, so I go in to see Richard Park, he was the big boss of Capital Radio, and I said, look, I wonder if, you know, if I could put a show on, basically. And he sat back in his chair, and he had to think about it and he went, I'll back you, Paulie. Now, in that moment, my life changed because I think all success in life comes down to people backing you. So, for example, if you're a politician, your voters have to back you. If you have a shop, your customers back you. The people that come back here time and time again are backing Absolutely. you, Jason. Yeah. So in that moment, Richard backed me. And I asked him years later why. I said, because I'm not sure I would have backed me. You know? <laughs> and he said... Yeah, but he looked into your eyes. He did. Do you know, he said, <laughs> do you know what he did? Yes, yes. I tried all my uh, persuasive techniques. You know, it was a lovely, sweet thing he said. He goes... I saw the spark, Paulie. I saw the spark. That's a massive compliment come from Richard Parks. Many people even listening will actually know of him, even though they don't know. On Fame Academy, he was yeah. the judge that notoriously had an argument with Patrick Kilty. But for someone like him, who is a, is a go-getter, he makes stuff happen. So when he sees a spark, he's not wrong though, was he? Richard's um, got a... He, what is he? Very humble, but he's a very intuitive kind of guy. I put a show on and uh, within a few weeks, the thing had sold out. And a TV producer, a guy called Paul Smith, and he came round to the dressing room one day and he says... I've been looking for you for 10 years. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, all these hypnotists are all blokes with goatee beards and black shirts buttoned <laughs> up to the top. You know, it's sort of like the Little Britain character. Yeah. And he said, I need somebody that can work on television. ITV said, right, we want a special with you and a series of, of hypnotism shows. So I made these TV shows, went to bed one night, woke up the next day, couldn't walk down the street. I, and I had no idea quite what I'd... Uh, you know, my life had changed literally within a few days. There was like anything up to 14 million viewers, figures that, that, that you don't get these days for anything. That one year, was it was the most watched entertainment show on television. And no so, wonder you couldn't walk down the street. Yeah, and it was great. I loved it. And I did those shows for about three years. And I always wanted to finish on a high. Uh, what I did was, because I've been doing a lot of self-help with people, I went to San Francisco and I tracked Richard Bandler down and I pestered him. I went to uh, one of these seminars and I walked up and I said, hello, Dr. Bandler, lovely to meet you. He goes, you're the guy on TV. Oh, okay. And, and I thought, oh, here we go. And he goes, like your show. And I went, oh, Okay, so we put on an NLP training called Change Your Life in Seven Days, and suddenly, you know, we were teaching these big events with with hundreds and then thousands of people. And then um, Sky asked me to do a series called I Can Change Your Life, and they said, "We're going what we're going to do is we're going to send people to you who are, you know, many of them are incurables." And it was the most extraordinary, um, eclectic mix of people, obviously people with phobias. There was a guy with Tourette's, a guy who had hysterical blindness, hadn't seen anything in eight years. His vision came back. So some of them were really powerful, moving stories. At the time, I was developing my weight loss system because I was very, you know, I'm very anti the sort of conventional institutionalized diet. I wrote a book called I Can Make You Thin. Well, I, I read think, the book. I read yeah. the book. I, really so think I, I think we like, both share that yeah, mindset, absolutely. don't we? You know, we, it, it wasn't so much that what I thought I was doing was right. It was well, I felt I thought that the, the, the institutionalized diet industry or the hate your body industry had got it so wrong. And I started teaching it as a seminar. I did it as a show for Sky. Show was great. I saw the show. I did like the show. Show was good. Then I went to Broadway. 
and uh, I played on Broadway for a while. Did you? See, I yeah. didn't know that oh, at all. It was great fun. I've got a load of information here about you. Haven't read yet, and that, that, that I'm sure will come up. And I thought, I keep coming to America. I actually need to just buy a place, live here. And in the same way that we invaded musically in the 60s with the Beatles, Rony Stones, yes. Floyd, Led Zeppelin, etc., etc., um, uh, we've done the same in television. It's like going to Chelsea on Sea, you know, going into West Hollywood these days. <laughs> I decide I think I'll throw a big party every week. Uh, and yeah, have- I saw that. Yeah. I, 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 I never got an invite. I'm just, yeah, been I'm just... there, Jason. If you've been in town, I mean, there's everyone else would just yeah, you know, no. come and hang out. So I had a fantastic time um, and I got to meet, work with, hang out with all kinds of great people. Uh, I mean, even now, um, I work every week with people. I have never charged anybody for working personally with them. Yeah, I know. You know, whether they're a huge movie star or they're a war veteran or, you know, whomever it is, because life's been very good to me. It's my way of giving back. Just recently, I've been doing a lot of PTSD. So I've been working with war veterans, with paramedics, with police officers, firemen, people who are heroes, frankly, and helping them get over a severe trauma so that they can function again and do their job. You know, what's a few hours for me is yeah, often absolutely. a lifetime for them. And it's nice because you, you're in the stage of life, it's fair to say, you don't have to do anything, but you want to. And because you genuinely love what you do, I mean, the passion is there. If somebody said to you, it would cost you money, you have to pay to do it, yes. you probably would. That's, 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 that's a great question. That I, I sometimes say that to people, what do you love to do so much you'd pay to do it? So there is, there's no financial gain for me in sitting with people one of the problems with gurus, I think, is that... Well, the word, they, first of all. Yeah, first of all. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, and they set themselves up then to be the sort of model of perfection. I am absolutely not. I am a bloke from North London, and uh, I have a particular skill set. I don't have any magic powers, but I am. I just happen to be good at what I do because I'm so relentless. I've got a fairly uh, good memory, um, and also, um, you know, I, I'm able to, because of my ADHD, think about a lot of things simultaneously and still function. So that's kind of, you know, where where, where my life is at. I still, um, I do uh, motivational events. I love doing them. I mean, you know, it's fantastic. Because when you moved into self-help for wanting a better word, mm. I think some people missed the point of that when they go, it was a self-help, but you didn't help me. You go, no, it's called self-help. Um, but that's, <laughs> so true. You know, and they, they missed the, the whole oh, yeah. title. Uh, we're, we're just catalysts trying to help you along the way and give you some tools and that's the way of it. But then you, they see you doing that. They just see that, oh, Paul McKay, Kenneth spoke to them and that was it. They stopped smoking. They did that. They did whatever it was, right? Yeah. So then when you write a book with such a, a definitive title, I was going to ask you about your titles because I would be scared of a title like it, right? So what you're saying is I can, not you can, not self-help. So you've gone, you, you're in a self-help genre, but what you said in your title is, I can. oh, actually I can. So you're saying, I can make you thin. I can make I'm you I'm not rich. saying I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Very good. I, Come on. Okay. Now, and the reason I came up with that title is because I asked people, I said, what do you want? You know, do you want to be happy with your body? Do you want to, and they pretty much, they all went, I want to be thin. I thought, yeah, if I call the book, be happy with your body. You know, <laughs> it won't have the same impact. And it's, by the it, way, was that controversial? Because I, I admired you for the title. I'll be honest with you. I thought that's bold because you'd be torn up. If you brought it out now, I think you'd be torn apart. And even back then, it was still on the cusp. Oh, no, it's not that old. I so much flat. Did you? Did you in fact, one of the publishers in like, Scandinavia, without my permission, changed the title. Oh. Because they said... 
well, people won't believe it. I went, no, that's the idea. I'm saying <laughs> prove me wrong. Right. I'm coming to make you thin. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you are overweight, it's not your fault. It's the fault of your programming. You know, I come from an overweight family. Um, my system has, uh, you know, the highest success rate in the world, I believe. Um, and will it work for everybody? No, but I don't think that everything does. But if it doesn't work, return it and get get a full refund. That's how confident I am. I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And so, so that's great. Kind of, number that's slide. Why Mindset. Yeah, exactly. But people, there's a lot of headline readers, aren't there? So unless they saw you on QVC or listened to you on the radio promoting that book or, whatever, or talking about it, they didn't really get it. It's, in particular, I Can Make You Rich, which of course had nothing to do with money, ironically. Yeah. Um, but of course, the title is quite, it was quite um, emotive for a lot of people. Oh, do you know, it got that got more people wound up. <laughs> than anything else, people were horrified by it. They went, because they, you know- they didn't read the book, presumably. You know, I would ask people to do this process where I would say, just just fill in the word here. Money is. Okay. And they would put in things like evil. Money causes wars. Okay. Money. And then I would go, now put the word shovel in. Shovels are evil. <laughs> Shovels cause war. Because money is only, a, it's a tool. And so it's bits of paper as a number. And the, the rich book, as you rightly say, Jason, is more than about money. Although- Everyone in the control group who we tested it on made more money. One guy went from $8,000 a year to $1.25 million in a year. Jesus. Right? Yes. But at the same time, was he any happier? I would say probably not that much. In fact, when, when you look at the research, the lottery winners, they go from about a six up to an eight or nine. A year later, they're back right around a six. So, the, you know, what I didn't want to do was create more miserable millionaires, but the book is absolutely about <laughs> making money. But most of us in the Western world, we are rich. If I say, if you had all the money in the world, would you change uh, your friends? And I'll go, no, not really. Would you change what you laugh at? No. Would you change what you eat? They might eat out a bit more, but no, not really. Would you change your spouts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them yeah, might that, say, a different answer. Yeah, that, like <laughs> or if I say, would you change your job? Some of them will say, um, no, but I'd work a bit less. If I say your house, some of them will say, yes, I would. You, most of them would change their car. So I'll go, everything you answered no to is where you're already living rich. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so a billionaire can afford maybe a better bed than you or I, but they can't buy a great night's sleep. And so when you have a great night's sleep, you are living rich. But that's right, rich. you can make them sleep. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, and, and like you said, did, did becoming, you know, making 1.25 million from a year from, you know, $8,000 a year, did it make you happier? Not necessarily so, but that didn't matter because you've got a book, I can make you happy. Yes. So, so the good news is, is at any given point, <laughs> I, that's what I'm trying, trying to head off every single thing. You you just, know. But it yeah. is true about the wealth, true wealth. I mean, as corny as it is, I mean, I obviously, as you can imagine, I come from a, a, a viewpoint of health is wealth. I mean, the, the, yes, that, the, I totally that. agree. But, but that also includes mental health as well as physical health. And, and I don't believe they are mutually Exclusive, and I don't think they can be mutually exclusive um, at the same time. So, what is next? I suppose on the horizon. So, I live in London again now. I still do, you know, plenty of events. Um, I, I do a couple of every year with, with Richard Bandler, but I, I'm a hired gun. So, you know, I, I've just recently, I've been in the last um, couple of months. I've been in France. I've been in Italy. I've been in LA. I've been in Las Vegas. I've been in New York. I've been in Switzerland. I've been in Mallorca. All over the place. And some of those are events. Talking of events, do people still get you? Do they still want you? Like I, I can imagine, like I don't know, somebody 
Italy and Dubai and their daughters getting married. It's like, oh, we want Paul McKenna to do a stage hypnotist show again. Oh, yeah, I stopped doing those long, about a long time ago. I thought about, so, about okay. 20 years ago. Right, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so I still get asked to do them, but I, it's not really for me that. I mean, I've either got to be taken seriously as a behavioural scientist or I'm an entertainer. About 10 years ago, my publishers said to me, you know, um, could you write a book on relationships? It's a very big category. And I went, if I could stay in one. That's why I said you won't ever see me with a book. I was talking about it before. I didn't know who you was on relationship. But yeah, you were. You're... So not only am I married, I'm happily married. And uh, I have been for, for years now, for about four years. And I thought, even though I don't have all the answers, um, I absolutely know what um, I think makes uh, relationships work and not work as, you know, as a sort of generic. Yeah. So the, the new book is called The Seven Things That Make or Break a Relationship. And so people go, oh, what are they? And I go, well, I could just read you a list like you get in a women's magazine, like communication or something like that. Yes. It's not that. It's, it's basically seven processes. These are the people I expect will want to read this book and use the system. Um, it's either people that, are, that keep repeating the same old mistakes again and again and again and that they, they want to stop that and they want to actually uh, have a really uh, fantastic relationship. They want to find the right person. People who are in a relationship, and again, they keep arguing or repeating the same sort of problems, or actually people who go, you know what, my relationship is pretty good. I want to see if I can make it even better. So you've got seven steps to, it's you know, seven things, seven processes. It's not just about communicating. It's about how you agree and how you disagree. It's also about the modality that you think with it. For example, they because we either think predominantly visually, auditory, or kinesthetically. So people that are visual, they love to see acts of service or a bunch of flowers. They like to see something. Auditories like me, I need to hear that you love me. Kinesthetics, yeah, you've got to absolutely. touch them meaningfully when you tell them, yeah? So some of it's simple communication strategies. Other stuff is a bit more um, sophisticated, but I, the way I see it is my job is to take the complicated and make it common sense. In fact, somebody said to me once, you know, oh, books, they're sort of common sense, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> do you know how hard it is to write common sense? It's, it's so hard. And so um, I think it's the Einstein thing of make it as simple as possible and no simpler. And so, so that's what I've just been doing. So that will be out next year. I'm putting you on the spot now, but when it comes out next year, yeah. I'd love to get you back on the podcast Done. to talk exclusively, just because I'd be interested in it as well. Because it's one of those that it's almost the the enigma of can somebody get it right? And I read your uh, thing just before we started recording because I know that Kate obviously is your was um, your PA, yes, um, PA for, for yes. years. It was while you were making a list. It's a lovely story. Uh, my friend Mikey Neal, he's a famous American life coach. And he said to me, it was a few years ago, he goes, hey, he goes, I, I noticed you date these hot women right now. I said, yes. He goes, but you don't like them. I went, well, what's, what's, what's the problem with that? They're hot. He goes, no, no, stupid, stupid thinking. He said, think about who you love to be with, who you like to spend time with and who you feel attracted to. And so being a hypnotist, I put myself in a little trance, put the two thoughts in my subconscious and it drew an Excel spreadsheet. Now, it's been reported that I actually did an Excel. No, I didn't. Just my unconscious. Oh, okay. It just went, oh, okay. and it went, it went, okay, think like that. I went, oh, cracking. No, no, because um, I'm, that's wrong, you know, because we work together. And, and you suddenly realised it was your PA that actually you should have been with all this. And my mother, my mother has said to me, do you know, I think you and Kate, I went, oh, no, no, if I got it wrong, mum. Anyway, one night we're in my kitchen 
we've had a bottle of wine. I said, tell me something about you that I don't know. And she said, I love you. I went, oh, I said, oh, 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 Paul. Oh, oh. And so, oh. I, so at first it was a little bit clandestine. It was, it was like, we've got to stop doing this. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, but then it sort of developed into something even more wonderful than I ever could have um, imagined because there was a point at which um, I wasn't just single. I was happily single. You know, it's all about freedom. Yeah. And I didn't realise... I could be so happy being with one person because a relationship isn't a thing. You can't put it in a wheelbarrow. A relationship is a dynamic process. We are continually relating and the circumstances and our mood and all kinds of different things will uh, affect the way we relate. So it's a dynamic process in which I've been now involved for a number of years. I'm loving it. I thought I was commitment phobic, uh, which I probably was, you know, because I'd had my heart broken. I'm now, um, I'm very happily married. See, and- but that's why I want to hear more. I almost want to do it. East End a bit because we're coming up towards the end of the podcast. Yeah. So I always want to go do 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 do. You've got to tune in to the podcast next year. Yeah, with Paul, yeah, Paul McKenna. I can keep you together. I can take tear you apart. I don't know what the relationship book will be called. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's neither of those two two titles. Um, but. I suppose all of this is relationship. We always finish up with this anyway, but yeah. everything's relationship-based. Because addiction yeah. is a relationship. Yes. Everything's relationship-based, including your relationship with food, your relationship with this, or whatever Absolutely, the case is. So, yeah. so I'm sure all of that, I think it would be beneficial just generically, yeah. um, no, no matter what it is. But health and fitness-wise and stuff, where does kind of good food play part? I know it's slightly different for you because in I Can Make You Thin, and I hope you read it, it's a phenomenal book, but there are four key elements yeah. towards it, and it's about primarily eating consciously eating slowly and yeah, various yeah, and, and yeah. various other bits which i at the time my argument against it was it doesn't really work for pringles so it's like one because yeah. once you pop you can't stop so it's one of yeah. those like well unless you eat it consciously well that is the point but, and, and, but how because uh, then your mind's we, we, manipulated by the by the product well yeah you see no so your point is absolutely spot on that um you know some food like people with chocolate say um and, and this is why i put in the craving buster if for example you find you're out of control around a particular food say it's pringles or say it's chocolate or whatever i get you to think of so you've got a compulsion yeah, going yeah. right yes you've got you've got dopamine drive right and you will serotonin reward once once you eat it um what i do is i get you to think about something that you're repulsed about yeah so it would be you know I've like seen it done on stage it, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. so they people say oh, i don't know it's broccoli i say imagine it covered with hair from a barbershop floor it. yeah say, mix the two together you mix compulsion with repulsion boom suddenly you're on an even playing field so the gist of my approach Approach, which was, you know, different to diets where you're encouraged to starve yourself, which means you binge, and so you lose, you know, uh, fat in the in the in the short term, but you gain it back. Um, and look, you and I both know this because we, we we have a similar. Well, this sort is of what philosophy. I always put. So just put a covenant there because a lot of people think that that's what goes on here. And what we always say is this: it's abnormal to live on juice for a week, but it's also abnormal to eat junk food all the time either. And what we do is it's a mind and body thing that we do, and obviously, primarily, most of it is psychology. So, like you said, if all they did was come here and drink juice and there was and that's it we just went there's the yeah. juice then it will, they'll go into that boom and bust as what yes. you're literally talking about and, and part of the juicing again why i'm such a fan of juicing is it's a great way for for detoxing for want of a better word but also um i think I t- i've told you this story i mean so years ago this would be 25 years ago i'm doing an event in denmark for they're, they're medical doctors right and i can feel i got a chest cold <clears throat> coming so i said look i think i'm gonna, I'm gonna need some penicillin and they went nope 
They said, um, we're going to get you better. I said, what are you going to do? So they made me drink juice morning, noon, and night. So they overwhelmed me with vitamins and minerals. And, and, yes, I forgot about yeah, this. You told and, me this yeah, years and, ago. And, and they basically made me drink juice, 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 until I was juiced out. Anyway, well, the next day I wake up. <laughs> The chest cold's gone completely. So now, I mean, obviously, I like things like a Myers cocktail, a massive infusion of, of, of vitamins, magnesium, things like that. But if I feel I'm run down, what I do, I go and I, I get juice. So I use juicing um, not just as a, as a detox, but also to boost immune system. And by having lots of it in, and, and in quick succession, it says to the immune system, hey, you've got all the ammo you need. So that's why I'm a massive uh, fan, fan of the juicing. Because I was going to say, what do you, what do, you do on a day? today because everybody would expect you um to be perfect with everything but you've already alluded earlier on that actually you're oh, not perfect with everything, I'm not. I actually used to have a trainer come to the house I was in the gym every day and then I go through periods of where intense work and so actually so I'm I actually so I don't uh, uh do you know do formal physical physical aerobic, aerobic exercise but I got into the habit of doing was meditating every day so a friend of mine has a great saying he calls it positive overwhelm when you're in nature, I mean, like the view here, yes, right? Man, the view here is just brilliant. I mean, if you've looked at the most beautiful painting ever, you look straight out at and that all the shapes and the different shades of green and the way the light falls upon it is amazing. So for, for me, part of my sort of daily uh, be well routine is firstly, I give myself recovery time. So if I'm working intensely for a couple of days, I make sure I've got a day off either okay. side. Um, also, walking the dog in the park is as much a meditation for me is, is exercise for her. I try and um, eat well, um, but, uh, you know, at, uh, there have been times when I have perhaps um, of an <laughs> evening enjoyed one too many glasses of red, but um, I stopped drinking spirits a couple of years ago. Just oh, did you? Be, okay. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a rare day. You might be okay, fine. Had a gin and tonic, but no, that'd be it. Um, but yes, I just decided about two years ago, as so I'm 55 now, um, I thought, you know, maybe what I need to do is really look after my health more because, um, you know, I didn't used to get a hang over but when I, when I woke up and I thought you know, I don't feel so good let's I feel a bit too jaded I can't enjoy the rest of the day as yeah, much and there is so good. much to feel good about I loved your talk this morning I thought it was excellent the thing that you said that was so brilliant which was our natural default setting is to be healthy but because life happens it gets in the way and then perhaps you know we eat fast food too much fast food we drink too much coffee we you know we burn ourselves out we do things that are not in our best interest because life happens you know so as you said uh, earlier Jason you know it all begins with good health if you are in great health and that means physically and mentally the beauty of what goes on here is your it's not like some boot camp thing where you wake up come on it's not that it's like it's beautiful it's calm it's luxurious and and what better way than to feel good than to be in nice surroundings because um, when it comes time for the juice rather than in the good old like where I, I used to be years ago I'd just be gulping that down instead I actually sipped it savored it and enjoyed it looked at the scenery and I thought Oh, I, I get it. This is a reset. You call it a reset? It's a reset, yeah. It resets the mind, resets the body. And I want you, hopefully, manage to um, persuade you. You never know. We might even do an event together one day, Paul. Who well, knows? Well, it would be I, amazing I would very if we much did. like to do an event uh, with you. Yeah, let's you fail the can of mind and body. Yeah. We take no prisoners. You know, uh, they would. They, pe people would leave happier, healthier, whether they like it or not. I was a bit nervous about... Um, interviewing uh, what has been somebody who I've looked up to for so many years. Well, Paul. I, I can't. Likewise, I've always admired your word, Jason. The reason being is because I thought at some point during the interview I could start doing something like barking like a dog. 
And uh, <laughs> but he doesn't do stage hypnotism anymore. I'm pleased to hear. Actually, looking into his eyes, I feel the same as I did before we started the interview. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, the be best-selling author, no less, and the, the one and only, the most famous and funniest. He is because uh, he did a program called "The Funniest Hypnotist in the World." Is the one, the only. It's Mr. Paul McKenna, everybody. Come on. Yeah.